This episode, I wanted to dedicate completely to how you know when you're ready to start charging for your work. I just wanted to add a quick disclaimer for this episode. If you've been in business for long enough that you've already established a consistent style, you have established session structure as far as how long they are and how much you can deliver with each one, if you already require a deposit and a contract for each session, you're already keeping accurate records for taxes, and you're already set up legally as a business in your state, well, you can skip ahead. But if you'd like to hear more about any of those topics, keep listening. Hey there, my name is Stephanie Kozik, and I am passionate about helping you create a photography business you love without all the guesswork. In 2010, I took a $300 camera and grew a successful photography business. Now I coach photographers all over the country to do the same. Welcome to the Fearless Photographer Podcast, where we'll chat about business, marketing, productivity, money, growth, balancing it all, and so much more. Every week on the podcast, I'll deliver honest and straightforward conversations with my best business advice with a mixture of real talk, motivation, and dorky humor. I'm committed to helping you create a successful, profitable, and sustainable photography business. I am so glad you're here. Let's dive in. When you're first starting out, it can be a little intimidating to think about when you're ready to start charging for your work. It's really important not to jump in too fast if you're still working on building your portfolio. This episode, I wanted to dedicate completely to how you know when you're ready to start charging for your work. So the simple answer is when people are willing to pay you for your work, right? Actually, it's a little more complicated and a little more involved than that. So here are the five requirements I suggest before you ever start charging for your work. Number one, you'll be ready to charge for your work when the work you show online, you can consistently replicate. Now, consistency is the key. Not only does it set expectations for your clients, it will help you identify your ideal client. So when you have a style, you can appeal to the people that also love that style. For example, my style is very candid, very laid back, natural, fun. My editing style is vivid, crisp, clean, and bright. The photos that I show on my website fits into that expectation. People are having fun. They're laughing. So I know that my clients are laid back and they want natural looking photos that are bright, colorful, fun. When they're looking to hire me, they know exactly what they're going to get, but I can still wow them with the experience and how much fun we have during a shoot. I've never had anyone upset that there's not more posed photos because that's not what I show. That's not what they can expect from me. Dramatic lighting or a different style of editing, that's not me. And they know when they hire me what they're getting. If you put lucky shots on your website, but you can never figure out how to replicate it, it's sort of like false advertising. Instead, if you fall in love with an image, but know that you can't replicate it, practice until you can. Sometimes all the perfect elements just come together for a perfect photo, but knowing how to replicate that will make you a better photographer. And then you'll have all the bragging rights. I know this isn't how a normal podcast would work, but I have an assignment for you. I want you to figure out what you love how you feel fulfilled as an artist, and what you're drawn to in your own editing. That is your style. 
If you find that you shoot, edit, and love a specific type of session or lighting, that's an indicator that you're close to figuring out your specific style. But here's the kicker. It'll change. (laughs) I know that's not promising, but as you grow and learn more as a photographer, your style will evolve over the years, and that's okay. Always be true to yourself as an artist. Just make sure you update your website often to keep it current. Number two, you're ready to start charging for your work when you can consistently deliver the number of images you promise in the amount of time you want to shoot. There is nothing worse than feeling defeated or frustrated because you didn't get as many photos as you promised your client. So figuring out how long you want your sessions to be, how many photos you want to edit from that time, and how many photos you can deliver with enough variety to please your clients will just take some practice. It may take you several sessions to figure it out. Just let your clients know what you do expect right now or that you'd like to plan for a specific amount of time, but that you'll give them as many of the photos as you can. Or if you'd rather give them an estimate for the number of photos, shoot until you run out of daylight or until you reach that number. I can't tell you how many 30-minute sessions went to about 45 minutes or even longer in the beginning. However, I quickly learned I'd prefer to just give them whatever we got rather than dealing with frustrated kids that were just over it and really didn't get that many more photos in the last minutes anyway. I felt like my clients would rather have their expectations met and how long the session will take rather than the exact number of images. So just as an example, over the years, my sessions have ranged from a full two-hour engagement session or a full family session to just... 15 minutes for a mini session. And I know from a 15 minute session, I can deliver about 15 to 20 photos with enough variety from 30 minutes, 30 photos, and so on. So I know I get about one photo per every minute of a session, sometimes more. I mean, I've gotten 80 images from a 20 minute session before or over 200 from an hour long engagement session. I've also had to deal with difficult circumstances, uncooperative kids or pets, and only gotten 20 from a 30-minute session. So the solution I put in my contract that the number of images promised is an estimate and that it depends partly on the client's cooperation and punctuality. If they're late, we might run out of daylight. If kids are in a bad mood, it might be better to reschedule, although When we're booking, I do ask about routines and what time of day is usually best for their kids. So in that case, I would require them to pay a $40 rebooking fee because now I have to pay a sitter for my own kids for another date, driving to another location, trying the session all over again. So here's another assignment. Keep track of how long you're shooting on your sessions. You can even look at the time stamps on your images in the metadata. How many photos do you pick out of those to edit? Make a list and keep track of every session for a while. Then you'll have your average. Be sure to notice when people seem to feel like they're done with the session, when kids want to start playing or they won't sit still, when toddlers start having meltdowns, or if you feel like your clients are saying, wow, we're done already? Is that all we got? Those might be indicators that some things need adjusting either in your session times or opposing course to help you get a lot more variety in a shorter amount of time. This episode, I actually have another assignment for you. I want you to look at your contract. 
make sure that you include a clause about client cooperation and punctuality, possibly affecting the outcome of the number of images you're able to capture or the length of their session, which leads me to number three. Number three, you're ready to start charging for your work when you can have every single session sign a contract. I'm going to say that again, every single one. For now, if you're not charging yet, you're probably doing free shoots with people you know or family to help you build your portfolio. Personally, I never made my immediate family or close friends sign a contract if they modeled for me for a portfolio building session. But if you start doing casting calls or asking for people outside of your close circle to volunteer, have them sign a contract. Not only does it serve as a model release so that you can use their photos to promote your business, it also sets expectations and protects you from the occasion where people want more than what they got, even if they're not a paying client. It also protects you from those that claim you told them that they would get more photos, etc. So just protect yourself from those potential tough situations. If you need help specifically with a contract, look up LegalZoom or the LawTog. These are great resources to purchase a contract. If you'd like to customize it or write your own, the first step is to write a list of policies that you'd like to hold to. Policies like, will you require a deposit to reserve their session date? Um, Absolutely. At least 25 to 50% of the session fee or what you feel would compensate your time and investment so far if they didn't show up. I promise you, people expect a deposit, so they're not even going to bat an eye. They won't book if they're the kind of people that stand up their photographer or try to take advantage of you. So stick to your policies and require both a deposit and a contract to book. If they won't sign a contract, let that be a big red flag and walk away. It'll also cut the amount of standups you get by 100%. I can guarantee if you charge them to reserve the session, they're going to be there. Another policy to think about is what happens if your clients are late. It could potentially affect the number of photos they receive or the amount of time they have remaining for their session. Especially if you plan for before sunset, you're running out of light by the minute. And if you line up your sessions back to back, this means that they only have a short amount of time before your next session starts. For example, if they're more than 15 minutes late for a 30 minute session without contacting me, They forfeit their deposit and they're required to pay another deposit to reserve a different time. These are all things that will be up to you and how you like to schedule your sessions. So here's another assignment, purchase or write a contract, save it as a PDF and send it to every session that books from here on out. If you're a photographer and you're currently not using a client management system, even if you only have a handful of clients, Think about setting up a system and workflow for each client you book. It'll help you streamline your onboarding and workflow processes, saving you valuable time. HoneyBook is a CRM platform that allows you to organize and track every potential current and past client from the inquiry phase all the way to the last paid invoice and last deadline. With HoneyBook, I love that I can easily send contracts and invoices right from the platform and instantly see where I'm at in the workflow with each client, see all my documents and client information in one place, no more digging through physical files or losing information in email chains. HoneyBook starts at $9 a month. 
but you can get started with a free trial just to test the waters and then get 20% off your annual subscription by going to the fearlessphotographer.com slash honeybook and never let an inquiry or a deadline slip through the cracks again. Number four, you're ready to start charging for your work when you're able to keep accurate records for your taxes. Think mileage, expenses, income. I recommend having everything go through PayPal and link it with QuickBooks to make it easy to track, sort, and file your taxes. Request a debit card from PayPal and use it for every subscription for your business, every business purchase, every meal when you're traveling for sessions, everything related to business, but nothing for personal. Trust me when I say it's going to make it so much easier for you when it's time to sort through transactions in QuickBooks. If you're filing quarterly taxes, like if you're filing by yourself, not jointly with a spouse as an LLC or an SP, be sure to know your due dates. Personally, I'm an LLC filing jointly with my husband because he's not on the LLC and business license. If you list your spouse as a partner on the LLC, you have to file differently and you have to pay quarterly taxes. I highly suggest hiring a CPA to help you with this, whether you want to pay them to simply file for you at the end of the year or to keep track of expenses and profits throughout the year. It's well worth the investment. I keep super accurate records in QuickBooks. So when it's time to file, I print out my reports from PayPal and QuickBooks. I gather all my receipts, mileage, home office expenses, childcare expenses, all of it, and just drop it off for them to take care of. I also suggest setting up a business banking account and also linking that with QuickBooks. I handle all of my payments through HoneyBook or PayPal and integrate that with QuickBooks. I also use that business banking account to set aside money that I'm going to use to pay associate photographers throughout the year and to set aside my taxes. So here's your assignment. Number one, create a PayPal account, request a debit card, create an account and download QuickBooks, go to an online business banking account like Nearside and set up your business banking account and link both business banking account and PayPal or HoneyBook, whichever you choose to use, link them with QuickBooks, or you can link all three. Even though you're linked with QuickBooks, you still have to keep all of your physical receipts. For printed receipts that you have in your hand, I suggest using an accordion file. For emails from purchases online, I have a folder specifically for putting those into. So at the beginning of the year, when I file my taxes, everything is already organized. I just need to print it out. I do also suggest look into hiring a CPA at the beginning of the year to file your taxes for you. Otherwise, I can tell you from experience, it is confusing to do it all yourself. And individuals that are certified and do it out of their home, I don't necessarily trust them completely to know every deduction I can take as a business owner. Maybe that's just me. Do what you're comfortable with. I personally love having a business CPA that'll do it all for me. Number five, you're ready to charge for your work when you're set up legally to conduct business in your state. Register as an LLC to protect yourself. Now, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not an expert by any means of all the ins and outs of the aspects of business entities, but I know from my own research, LLC was the way to go for my photography business. 
a sole proprietor has different restrictions and requirements, and I wanted to be able to keep my business assets and income separate from our personal. I don't imagine I'd ever have anyone want to sue me, but if it ever did happen, I keep my car and I keep my home. Then when you're keeping track of your income, at some point you'll need to obtain a business license if your state requires it. In the state of Tennessee, where I live, if you make less than 3,000 per year, you don't need a business license. If you make between 3,000 and 10,000, you need what's called a minimal activity license. And if you make more than 10,000 in a year, you need a standard business license. And you can get these from your local county clerk's office. So here's another assignment for this step. Do your research on the different types of business entities. Register online. Now, I used LegalZoom, but you don't need anything other than that. Don't sign up for the call with an accountant. They will not leave you alone. And it's not worth the cost if you're a small business. So look up the requirements in your state for business licenses and file with your county clerk. When you can do all five of these things, you are ready to start charging for your work. So... The question is, how long will that take? Only you can determine that. So leave a comment below. Let me know where you're at, if you've accomplished any of these steps so far, or what you still need to do. Or if you're feeling stuck, get in touch. I'll walk you through your next step. That is what I'm here for. I so hope you enjoyed this episode of The Fearless Photographer. Head over to the website for all the show notes and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next. If you loved this episode as much as I did, consider rating the show and subscribing so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every Friday, and I can't wait to share what's next. Until then, have an awesome week.